everyone, and welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. This is a podcast with our sexy voices because we were up drinking last night. Drinking in quotation marks. I am such a lightweight. <laughs> this is what everyone learned yesterday. Ashley's a fun drunk. <laughs> I'm going to preface that with sometimes. Other times there's crying and I forget how to climb up stairs and I don't understand the concept of stairs. That's fun when I debate the concept of stairs. No, last night you just really wanted tacos. Oh, <laughs> tacos are good. Well, anyway, on this podcast, we usually are watching romantic comedies and we've been watching romantic comedies. This is our 74th episode, 74th movie. And we've been watching since the dawn of movies, 1918. Was that the dawn of movies? No, I mean, it was real, real close. Real close. Real close. It's, it's yeah. like 20 years after, right? Like 1901? Mm, it depends. Okay, well, this is me being like, it depends on your definition of movie. <laughs> well, motion pictures in general. Uh, still, that okay. depends okay. on your definition. <laughs> Got you. Um... <laughs> such a snob <laughs> uh well today we're doing a little something different as per suggestion and uh, i wanted to let the audience know if you wanted to suggest movies for us to watch uh head over to our patreon at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast and find out more yes so take it away ashley well today we're watching 1997's life is beautiful i've already got the tissues ready mm -hmm. if you don't know what this movie is it is going to be a crier yeah, even I think Netflix or DVD.com says it's an emotional tearjerker or something, you know. Yeah. Well, are you ready for the description? I'm in for a good cry. Okay. A Jewish-Italian waiter named Guido is sent to a Nazi concentration camp along with his wife and their young son. Refusing to give up hope, Guido tries to protect his son's innocence by pretending that their imprisonment is an elaborate game. Sounds so sad. It sounds super sad. <laughs> I am so glad we've. I've got tissues. I've got blankets. I've mm -hmm. got towels. I've got buckets. <laughs> I've got what like heating pads. I don't Ooh. know what else you need when you're in an emotional crisis, but that ha helps me. You know, it's, it's good to sometimes get out just a good cry. Yes, this is this is true. I think we need it, or a good laugh. Good cry or good laugh are always very good for the soul. Mm -hmm. Well, this movie stars Roberto Benigni, Nicolette Brasci, Giorgio Cantarini. Oh, I said that one right. It was directed by Roberto Benigni. The editor is Simona Paggi. The assistant editors for Avid were Benny Atria and Madalena Colombo. The second assistant editor, who is also uncredited, was Irma Misentori. Misentori? Misantoni. Misantoni. This is just all revenge for me for the <laughs> saying all those French names. Getting back at me. <laughs> it was rated PG-13 for Holocaust-related thematic elements. <laughs> Very specific. Oh, and it's in Italian. And it's in Italian. There will be subtitles. It's an hour and 57 minutes long, so it's a long cry. Yep. This is like Schindler's lifts up in here. It's rated four stars on DVD.com. As for the awards, at the 1999 BAFTA Awards, Roberto Benigni won Best Actor. 
it also was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. At the 1999 Academy Awards, Roberto Benigni won Best Actor. It also won for Best Music Score and Best Foreign Language Film. It was also a Best Film Editing nominee, a Best Director nominee for Roberto Benigni, and Best Writing for Original Screenplay nominee. It also was a nominee for Best Picture. Mm, you don't see a lot of the foreign mm. films nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it happens like once every 20 years or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. So this is typically, typically when that happens, that means it's kind of good, like the artist. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, but it's going to make us cry like a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. Ready to go cry? cry the booze out from your eyelids. What? I didn't even have that much. I drank like a three-fourths of a drink. I know. <laughs> Maybe it was a strong drink. I didn't like it, so it was probably strong. Oh, I liked it because it had like, it had the bubbly, fizzy, champagne mm. feel, but also then the fruit juice. I really liked it. Thank you, Blue Collar Post community, for getting me drunk last night. <laughs> Free booze! <laughs> hey! Hey, girl, hey! Okay, we just watched Life is Beautiful. I think Ashley and I are just going to continue our conversation from pre-recording. Of sadness? You know, Ashley told me a lot of people didn't like this movie because it. they said it makes light of the Holocaust, which I don't agree with. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I get the intention of the director, the comedy and the tragedy coming from the same place, and just really, he was protecting his son. It would be a lot harder for that little boy to hide knowing the truth. Yeah. Also, it's a lot easier when it's a game. Yeah. Also, like, um, this year I watched the um, the Holocaust movie that was nominated last year. Uh, Sana Saul, or did mm-hmm. it win? I don't remember. It was nominated. I don't remember. I think it won. won. I think it may have won. The difference between these two movies is Sana Saul was all tragedy. So, like, you just have, like, this base level of, like, this is sad. Oh, terrible thing happened. Ah. Whereas this one, life is beautiful. You're like, ah, oh, this is funny, and oh, they're in love, and all these high moments, which makes the, like, you get your peaks, and then all of a sudden the movie just like turns on a dime, and you're like tragedy. So you're really feeling the full emotions, everything. So, and I like when movies do that. Well, it feels more natural. Yes, get that full range. It's it's yeah, it's more natural. You're right. Well, and I liked how the hope, the hope for that little boy was always there. Mm-hmm. Like there was the hope when the doctor showed up. And he's been a friend of uh, Guido, and then all he wants is an answer to a riddle. He doesn't want to help. He's just like, it's a riddle. I need the riddle. Help me. Help me. Help me. It's like, do you not understand the the concept of like what's going what's going on around you? Do you really have that much like no blindness in you? He was you? a Nazi. He did not see Guido as a human. He saw him as an animal. You on. There's a whole other side to this movie that is, like, this is... We watched it at a very rough time. <laughs> That's true. How does that keep happening to us? It's like history is repeating itself. It's it, History is repeating itself, and no one wants to admit that it's repeating itself. It's like historians are like, hey, guys. <laughs> guys. Guys. Um, can I tell you something? Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 Say 
recommend those things. No, 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 no. And you even got like people like uh, George Takei being like, oh, hey, I remember this when this happened, you know, all those years ago when they put my parents in an internment camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we just uh, we just needed to have a chat, you know, intervention America. Yeah, it's just a lot of that going on. This movie reminded me a lot of The General from Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Same kind of concept, humor in the in the whole uh, Nazi era. Yeah, that and the um, the kid, him and that little boy. That's heartbreaking too. That one's that one's just as bad, if not worse, than The General because it's just him and this kid mm-hmm. going back and it's a lot like this movie where it's him and the kid going back and forth and them having to like come w- through these comedic tragic moments. This kid is an orphan and Charlie Chaplin is just like there. I found a lot of parallels between this and The General, and I think something else I can't remember. Did it remind you of anything? No, I mean it had a lot of elements of just many different tragic comedies like i think there's this way of going about certain things like you have a really really low moment and then you have a really really you know you have a nice climb back up and they hit you again if you look on imdb you know if you look on imdb it gives you like the genres right at the top and it's generally like the first thing is like the most of it and then Mm -hmm. like the next one down so the genre of this movie listed on imdb is comedy drama war it's pretty accurate there's a lot of romancing in this. There is a lot of romantic comedy aspects to it. To me, there was more romance in this than there was in Diva. I would agree with that. The first half of the film was like a typical romantic comedy. It was adorable. It was really cute. I'm going to go around and just saying, hello, Principessa. <laughs> to Sam every Buongiorno. day. Buongiorno, Principessa. <laughs> totally going to do it to Sam. I don't care that it's like completely and utterly inaccurate, but totally doing it to Sam. You're doing it. You're doing it. Whatever happened to his friend from the beginning of the movie? I have a feeling that he was one of the first ones in the the camps. He was taken. Yeah. He, he kind of like time passes and you can't really tell exactly what happens with everyone. You're kind of like it. The reason why it's not a historical movie is that like it's like the background has historical things going on but like the movie takes your focus and focuses it on these specific people right it's like the day-to-day lives of these people and all of a sudden you know just like any other day this one person is gone it's like i don't know where they went it wasn't the their story yeah but i do feel because he was also jewish Mm -hmm. so i felt like it was that yeah and like we missed all the years of pretty much any sort of uh nazi the takeover takeover yeah like all of a sudden it was like three years later or something but i liked how they could set up the takeover how easy it was for them to take over italy Mm -hmm. because they had you know the aristotic crowd they had sympathizers yeah on their side so I liked that they added that, like, in. It wasn't in your face about what... It wasn't a historical movie. Like, that's the thing. It's not historical in the sense that we're going to tell you all the things that George Washington did on this specific battlefield and blah, 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 and that's going to be our Mm storyline. It wasn't like that at all. It was, 
we're going to pepper in these little historical facets to this storyline of this true love kind of hardship. Yeah. And keeping it vague. Like they never yeah. mentioned the name of the camp or they never really mention where they were going, where they were going. They don't they don't mention like even really how long it took them to get there or how long they're there. Yeah. So it's very, very it would be how you I, I feel like because that's a traumatic situation, it would be how you would remember that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really remember the length after a certain amount of time. You just you remember certain moments from like a psychological standpoint. I don't know if the that's the way that they were going with it or that's what the symbolism behind it is of whatever, but that's just what I got from it. It's just like, oh, when you're under that amount of pressure and that amount of stress and then also to be protecting, yeah. you know, a young child, hiding, you would, I mean, getting shot, like that was a no-no um, in a camp. It would just be, you would have to, you would have to be humorous. Like, I, I'd say I, I don't understand this criticism of this is offensive. Like, yeah. It's not offensive. It's not like they're making fun of it. They're not. At all. They're, they're relishing in the fact that humanity has the ability to survive mm-hmm. just based on humor alone. Mm-hmm. Like, we could survive a lot based on what our... Just based on our belief that, that humor is going to get us through the next moment. Right. And if he had given up... He could have given up very easily. And then he would have been a goner. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but his son would have been gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even even Dora was very strong within the fact that she didn't have to be there. Yes. They weren't there for her. They were there for her husband and her child. And she's like, bitch, no, I'm going too. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't know where necessarily they were going or what necessarily was going to happen. Maybe she did a little bit because she was part of that aristocracy where they she may have had some knowledge but then again the the nazis historically didn't give they nobody really knew no it wasn't it wasn't really till they opened up the camps and it was just like the outside world got to see in like the only way that you would know for sure what was going on in the camps is if you lived near them and if you knew somebody that Mm -hmm. went and even then you didn't really know what was happening like you didn't know the extent expanse of it all and I don't, I don't know if we ever really will. Like, history is still finding different things about the camps and what, how, like, the horrors behind it. Like, the testing that they did. And we, we'll never know. Um, another thing, I think we kind of talked about this a little, is just, like, and it's something a lot of people are bringing up today, is the normalization of the small, like, little hate crimes. Yes. The, the little, how, how... How saying something as minor as... It was like graffiti. Like graffiti, yes. Say, say, using that as an action, just minorly, like just, it may seem minor, I guess, of painting a swastika on the gay pride house in Atlanta. That seems minor, but when you say, oh, that's nothing or that's, that's nowhere near as bad, it takes away, it makes, it makes it okay for those little things to continue to build. Instead of stopping it right where those little things happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's how it happens. It's not, and, and I think we see it across the board with all of our artwork, all of our poetry, all of our movies, all of our, we see that as a symbol, a symbol throughout everything. I mean, you see it in Star Wars with how the Jedi have it where, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and then hate leads to the dark side. Yeah. 
Um, but then you also see it, you see it with like the Lord of the Rings and how they dealt with that kind of um, intolerance, how intolerance can kind of lead to segregation of the races. And then you kind of push people off into their own little corners and then you start losing those aspects and the dark side can take over again. I mean, extremism on both sides is why we end up in bad situations. It's the thing is we all have that ability to be an extremist. And I think you brought up a good point about the bubbles, like living in our own little bubble and not allowing ourselves to step out of those bubbles or only ever staying in that safe little comfort bubble is is dangerous as well. So we have to be willing to, to listen. I'm not saying... Oh yeah, go go to Brie Bart News and read everything that they're saying because no, they're insane. They are legitimately insane, and I will willingly take the criticism of the crazies for calling that insane. But it's because they're insane because they're not listening to the other side either. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. So pretty much what this all comes down to, guys, is that. These are our opinions, and if you would like to discuss them with us, you know where to find us. (laughs) You know where to find us. We are open to discussion. We'd love to. What this movie then reminds us of is that Ashley and I are human. You guys who are listening are humans, hopefully not the robots who have taken over. And just like like the doctor in 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 the movie, like, didn't treat you know the people as humans. He was more concerned about a riddle. Yeah. Than about the human human beings around him yeah and what ashley's saying about the extremism is uh, i don't know we're losing our humanity well we're losing our ability to see people as people like we throw around respect i think far too often i was told oh you have to respect you have to respect donald trump because he's your president now it's like no i can respect what the office stands for without respecting the person who is representing that office because of the person that he is. There is a distinct difference between respecting humanity as a whole and then respecting the horrible things that humanity can do. Yeah, we all have choices. We all have choices, and whether or not you agree with those choices doesn't necessarily affect your life, but you are allowed to still have, at least in this country, you are allowed to still have the opinion based on what it, if how it affects your life. Mm-hmm. When it starts to affect other people's, when your opinions start to affect other people's lives... That's when people need to, to say something about it, in my opinion. Here's a stupid, silly example, because this is how our movie works today, where it brings up It silliness. brings up a lot. It brings up a lot. Um, Ashley is a spuffy shipper. <laughs> Ashley ships spuffy. I am, I am, yes, I am in that camp. I, I mm, love me some Spike. And I am Camp Bangel. <laughs> we disagree. And we even, like, uh, make fun of each other. Just a little bit. A little bit. Because it's just fun and it's it's silly. But we respect. <laughs> Twitter is not owned by the government. Twitter is not owned by the government. And society can influence where the, shoving that speech aside. Because we didn't in this matter. We didn't do it strong enough. We were more influenced with the entertainment of it all than we were what was actually being said. Because we were like, oh no, this will be gone by the time it's you know election time it wasn't it didn't we need to we need to accept that as a society that we were more entertained by it than we were appalled by it and that is terrifying and now we have the hunger games and now we have the hunger no there's literally did you see the commercial for the the reality tv show 
I don't want to know. There's a reality TV show coming out called Hunted. Uh, and you literally, it's a contest of people getting tracked in the woods. Uh, it is the first step to the Hunger Games. That is where we are right now. And But it's important to talk about it. And like Justine said, I'm very opinionated and I will, I, I like to debate with people as I am, I am a strong believer in history and I believe in studying it and using it as a way to learn and be influenced by the past you know in a good way we need to we need to acknowledge the bad things that happened and not not idealize like we don't need to idealize the 1950s even though there are some good things that happened in the 1950s there was also some really shitty bad things that kind of get lost in the nostalgia of it all (laughs) as i referenced last night in a drunk rant Oh, good time. <laughs> One of these days we should do a, a a drinking a drinking podcast. A drinking podcast. Give us comments on a uh, what we should watch when we are doing a drinking podcast and we'll actually drink what we like instead of drinks we don't like. Oh, I liked that drink last night. That was good. Oh, I know you and did. Vodka and mm. But yes, give us give us comments. Give us some comments. Okay, Life is Beautiful from Miramax. And we start out in Italy in 1939. This beginning of the movie was really fast. It had to be. Yeah, it had to be. But they're like speaking Italian really fast and everything's happening really fast. But it's setting up a lot. And, you know, this movie is pretty formulaic in that like, oh, we're totally learning little things that he's going to implement later. Yes. So, we meet uh, Guido and his friend. I don't remember his friend's name. Francisco? 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 I think it was Francisco. There were two C's. Good old Frank. Yeah. (laughs) Just go with that. They're driving. They're speaking poetry. He's a poet. He's a poet. And the brakes go out. And this was a funny part. Because, like, they go down this mountain and then they enter like this motor motorcade for the king mm-hmm. and then like all these people start saluting him because he's just waving get out of the way get out of the way i have no brakes and then they start saluting him like total nazi salute going on yeah and it, but it was funny i thought it was funny it immediately reminded me of the general <laughs> oh yeah no it was it was definitely making a mockery of it yeah but it was just like you know, it was really funny when they're going down the mountain and they go through the woods and they're like, we're going to die. We're going in the woods. And then they come out through these people like saluting, doing the Nazi salute. And you're like, this is fucked up. This is funny, mm-hmm. but this is fucked up. And that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, that was like the general feeling of it. It was, but it definitely, for me, it's just, a, it connects it to a whole range of things of what, you know, we should, we should look back on history for of looking back on it with the good and the bad. Okay, so when, like, the car's down, they stop off at this little place, and Guido's talking to this little girl, tells her he's a prince, and pretty much we learn he has a lot of imagination. He's very entertaining. He's definitely, like, the guy from Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Inventing the stories. He is a storyteller. He's awesome. Yes. Um. So this woman, like, falls out of the barn on him, and so he's like, oh, my princess, you know. Principessa. So he meets, this is the reoccurring woman he's going to meet. Who, this is Dora. Dora, who will eventually be his wife. Yes. This is the first time they meet. So he goes, he's going to stay with his uncle who owns like this hotel. So, but he also 
I don't know, they're going to stay there. Oh, I thought he was like the head waiter of this hotel. I thought the uncle owned the hotel. Oh, I, I didn't don't get know. that. I thought he was like staying in the the uncle's like house, the guest mm-hmm. house in the back. And the uncle worked at the hotel. Like he was like the head waiter dude. Uh, un- Either way, he may have owned, owned the hotel. It wasn't... Unclear in yes. subtitles. Yeah. The uncle, right away when they meet him, the uncle's been accosted. People are run out of the uncle's house and the uncle is there like on the ground and his things are all in a disarray. Yes. But they like don't mention it and he's just like, ah, it's just a couple of these barbarians. The uncle is Jewish. Yes. Is what the story is driving at. So his friend, Francesco, becomes a upholsterer. Guido really wants to open a bookstore. That's his thing. So he goes to like apply for a license to open the bookstore. So he has this accident with this guy who is supposed to sign off on that. He's like some sort of government official. Yeah, he's like the bank manager slash government bank owner. He's a government dude. He has an altercation with Guido accidentally when Guido knocks a flowers it's like a he's nervous and he accidentally like throws a vase of flowers out the window yeah and it lands on the guy's head and when then he goes out there to apologize say it was an accident the guy puts on guido's hat which was full of eggs yes so the eggs end up on the guy too so the guy does not like guido (laughs) he's like you are never getting your bookstore dude he will henceforth be uh, be called eggman the eggman the eggman another day He's riding a bike, and he falls on the same woman, Dora. Dora, she's a teacher. Yep. Principessa. Then Guido is interviewing to be a waiter at the hotel. He's doing well. He's entertained, and he's smart. Mm-hmm. Later on, he's in. He, sh- he they share a big bed. Him and his friend at the place that they're staying at, and he's learned. He's talking about. The friend is talking about, oh, I fell asleep while you were talking to me. And the guy's like, how'd you do that? He's like, I just tell myself, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. He's like, oh, let me try. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Wake up, wake up, wake up. He's like, stop it. So he's learning to do like this mystical chanting thing. Yes. Which will come on, come Come up up later. later. So the next morning, him and his friend see Dora again walking with a... One of her friends or one of her teacher friends. Teacher friend, woman friend. And also, he's about to go uh, talk to her. And he sees the car pull up with that the Eggman. Yep. And the Eggman is in relations with Dora. They've known each other. Yeah. Um. So after the Eggman leaves, he's able to talk to her and be like, Ah, Principessa. <laughs> Principessa. You know. Just like, I want to get to know you. And she's like, no, let's not set a date. Let's keep running into each other because this is awesome. Yeah, she really likes it. Yeah, she is a fan. <laughs> Total fan. He's like, all right, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet uh, the character of the doctor at the restaurant where Guido is a waiter of. Um, the doctor loves riddles obsessed with them obsessed can't sleep must solve the riddles and guido's very good with the riddles so the doctor tells him the riddles so guido can solve them he uses him to his advantage Mm -hmm. and then that night an important roman inspector is showing up to the restaurant he's going to inspect the school the next morning right 
So Guido learns that, learns all about him, and steals his sash. So the next morning, Guido shows up at the school that Dora works at yep. as the inspector. Yep. So he's there. He uh, is talking with all the teachers. When he gets to Dora, he's like, what you doing this Sunday, girl? <laughs> she's like, I'm going to the theater. He's like, all right, what you seeing? And she's like, I'm going to that opera. He's like, all right. I'm going to be there. I'm gonna be there, girl. See, I'm just translating from like 19... 19- 40s to now yeah (laughs) you're doing what hamilton did yes so many hamilton Hamilton. (laughs) references so apparently the inspector was there to talk about how their race the aryan race is superior than all other races and to teach the children about this at the school yes so guido's like um okay Look at my earlobe. It's a great earlobe. It's the best earlobe you've ever seen. <laughs> he does this with several body parts. It's very amusing. Even his belly button. He like strips down to his underwear. Yeah. Not very appropriate, but beautiful. You know, it told it it didn't get creepy for me. The him stripping? Yeah. No. No. Cuz he he is like a big kid, really. He is. He's got this imagination and the child in him has never left the building it just (laughs) resides there yeah permanently so pretty much he's making a joke of it because he doesn't believe in that poopy stuff he's jewish by the way if that wasn't clear yes dora is not nope so the real inspector shows up so guido jumps out the window (laughs) in his underwear he's like i'll see you sunday principessa See you later, girl. Mm-hmm, honey bun. So we're at the theater date. Guido is in the orchestra pit, pretty much, and um, Dora's in, like, the side mezzanine, the balcony. Yeah. And he is just watching her the entire time. The lady next to him is, like, completely and utterly uncomfortable, and he's like, I can only hear out of this one ear. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, <laughs> He keeps trying to do like that thing that that magical chanting. Look at me, Principessa. Look, look, look at me. Look at me. And she finally does. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, mm. got this. So Dora is there with Eggman, and when they're leaving, she's like, "Let's go get chocolate ice cream." And he's like, "No, we have to go eat dinner with the prefect." And then she kicks him and i was like that girl's got great priorities <laughs> she's like no i don't want to no 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 so it's raining outside as they're leaving and she's just like "Ugh, rain go get the car and he's like "Ugh, fine whatever and he's like it's only a few feet away can't you just walk in the rain yeah he's being a jerk face he's like fine i'll honk when i get here so guido borrows his friend's car which looks similar. Mm-hmm. Because it's 1939. Yes. All the cars look the same. Pretty much. So Guido pulls up honks. Dora gets in the car. She doesn't notice him. But she just talks about like, ah, oh, this is so dumb. I don't want to go to the thing. And da, 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 da. And he's like, buongiorno. Oh, principessa. <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. So he like kidnaps her. But she's kind of okay with it at the like. Yeah. In the middle of it. She, he's like, you know, we keep running into each other because it's, you know, destiny. So deal with it. Deal. Deal with it. And she's like, okay. But then a lot of things just go wrong all at the same time. 
because it's raining so hard, he kind of crashes the car, which he couldn't really drive in the first place. Yeah, he never knew how to. Um, then, like, the, the roof comes off of it, so rain's coming in. And um, so he takes these silk pillows that were his friends. Yeah. And he just holds it over her. And so she can get out. But when she gets out, the back of her dress rips off and she doesn't even notice. But then the, she, he, this, I love this part where he takes the whole roll. The carpet roll? Yeah, the bolt of silk. Yeah. And like, then they're in front of these huge steps. And he just like tosses it down the steps and it makes this gorgeous red carpet in the rain. And I just loved it. You just want that to happen. I was like, ah, I don't know. Because you know me, I love fantastical little elements. Yeah, no, it's like that would never happen in real life, but it should. Yes, it's amazing. It's magic. It's magic. That is magic. You need to teach Drew magic. Yeah, practical magic. Practical magic. (laughs) So then like they're walking along and he makes all these little happenstance things happen because he does the same routine every day and we've seen him through a couple of these things as the plot has been progressing. So he's a way to make a key fall out of the sky, you know. He is a way to get someone to trade hats with him. Yeah. Because he just, like, kind of pays attention and he's just in the right place at the right time. Yes. And, you know, a little manipulation, but it it's, it's very cute. It is adorable. So pretty much he's, like, having... He's, he's, he's creating this little magical world for her. She's falling in love with him. Yes. He's already in love with her. Yeah. And he makes the confession when they get to her door where he's like, I would make love to you. Oh, yeah. Right now. He's like, there's one thing I can't tell you, though. It's just how much I want to make love to you. I'm I'm not going to say it out loud, though, because that would just I couldn't say that. Girl, you want Netflix and chill? (laughs) Yes. He (laughs) wants to make like wild monkey love. Many, many times. Many times over. Those Italian men. (laughs) And she's just like, ah, bye. (laughs) That's a joke in Gilmore Girls about how randy Italian men are. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to Italy. Like, uh, the the grandmother is fighting with the grandfather, and she's just like, I'm going to go to Italy, and I'm going to flirt with all of the Italian men, and I'm going to drink two glasses of wine with dinner. And he's like, but only prostitutes drink two glasses of wine with dinner. So the next scene, we're at the restaurant where Greedo works, and he's like, da, 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 I'm so happy I met this girl. <laughs> but at this uh, restaurant, and the restaurant is really like a, I don't even say it's really a restaurant. It's like the ballroom of a hotel, really. Yes. That's what it is technically, because they have people that stay there. Yeah. But it's, like, the only part of the hotel that we ever see. It's just, like, this really big room with giant stairs and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So there's a wedding happening. Or it's not a wedding. It's, a like, an engagement party. It's an engagement party. We find out it's an engagement party for Dora and the Eggman. <laughs> Which Dora does not want to go to. No. She is in bed. Yep. With her dress on and her mother is standing there and it's just, like, get I'm going to count to three, and if you're not up in three, I'm going to get you up myself. Like, damn. Sounds like my mom. <laughs> Sounds like all of our moms. <laughs> she Well, she had explained earlier that she starts hiccuping because she when she doesn't want to do something. Mm-hmm. And, well, she just starts hiccuping as soon as she gets out of bed. She's a lovely woman. She is a lovely woman. Determined and stubborn. There's been an emergency outside. Guido must go see his uncle's horse. 
has been graffitied. They wrote on the horse, Jewish horse, or like something, warning. Something bad. Yeah. So the doctor is there, and he says to Guido, Hey, Guido, I gotta leave and go to Berlin, but I'll miss you uh, helping me out with the riddles. So they do. So he gives them one last riddle. The mm-hmm. answer is silence. Wink, wink. <laughs> Thematic elements. <laughs> yep. When you stay silent about things. So um, I think one of the people there at the engagement party was like the principal, the woman, the lady principal or head of the yes. school. Yes. She is talking to uh, Dora and Eggman at the at their head table, you know, and she's presenting this uh, math problem. And she's presenting it in a way like, oh, man, I can't believe they have this tough math problem for the germ for the German children. And it was literally like a problem that was like about genocide. Yeah, it was like if we got rid of all of the disabled people, how much money would the government save? Yeah. If this if disabled people cost this much money per day and we had this many, how many how much money would the government save by killing them all? And Dora was like, I can't believe it. And she's like, I know, doing that math at this grade level, jeez, oh, those Germans. <laughs> We're just like, whoa. Um, whoa, lady. You cray. Your brain broke. Yep. <laughs> so that's how we really know that like the people that Dora hangs around with and are related to are the Nazi sympathizers. It's so related to certain elements of today. Yeah. It's crazy scary. She's in the elite upper class. Aristoc- uh, aristocracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that you thought that it was it's an arranged marriage. It felt like it because she didn't want to be married to him. But her mom was like super pushy and super happy about it. Yeah. And she just looks like she's like about to snap and like murder this dude. Yeah. At every t- every time he looks at her, she's just like, dude, go away. So that's why it felt like an arranged marriage. And she, her family was obviously very wealthy. Mm-hmm. So it was part of that upper crust Italian society. Yeah. And it's not something they really blatantly point out. No. These are all things you got to kind of be paying attention to. And I think the movie has good rewatchability. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to do it like right now. No. <laughs> it's very poignant. And it does what the job that it goes sets out to do it does very very well it's very simple it's very easy to to understand even if you don't speak the language it's very easy to follow along like even if you miss a few of the subtitles you still understand what's happening it's also very very human Mm -hmm. in the fact that it will make you feel something even if you know you don't necessarily agree with the movie so guido sees dora there and he's thrown off He actually falls over a chair. Yeah, he does. And he's kind of in shock that this woman that he loves is engaged to this person that hates him. And that he doesn't quite... I don't think he really hates anyone. Guido doesn't hate him. No. But he knows that that, the Eggman hates him. Yeah. So yeah, he falls over a chair. Yeah. And then like everybody comes over like, are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. He's like putting the things back on the tray. And then he puts a dog back on the tray. Yeah, he puts a dog on the tray. He's like, no, I'm fine. I just, everything's all moved around. <laughs> Look where they put the kitchen. Yeah, it's cute. Um, So then he's also delivering some other things to the head table. Principessa looks at him. Yeah, and he knocks over some things. Oh, but before that, he had the cake delivered to the table. Yeah. That said, buongiorno. 
Buongiorno, principes. And she, so she knows he's there. Yes. Like, she's just like, yes, he did it again. He showed up. He here for me. Right. She doesn't know that he actually works there. Yeah. When he knocks over something at the head table, he goes under the table, and she's just like, whoop, goes under the head table, too. And they meet, and they smooch under the table. Secret smooching. And then this big, uh, what they called it, an Ethiopian cake came out. The racist cake. It had a giant um, ostrich on top of it, holding an ostrich egg in its mouth. Yeah. People were saluting. Mm Mm-hmm. Over the black people. Yeah. After that happens, after the cake is brought in, Guido rides the horse in and says, there's room for you here, princess. Yeah. And so, like, she gets on the horse and, you know, rescues her via horse, you know, like, traditional fairy tale. Via via graffitied horse. Yeah. And everybody's applauding because they think it's a part of the whole spectacle. But it's not. It's and then not. what's this Eggman realizes what's going on and gets very angry. Yeah. So they pretty much, at this point, then they run away. Mm-hmm. They run away, still in the same town, pretty much, but like just seclude themselves to not talk to those people ever again. And they go into this like greenhouse to make the sex, to make love. And then op- out pops a baby, like literally in the same shot. <laughs> It's a five-year-old baby. Little Joshua. Joshua. I like Joshua. Yeah. So we. this is a time transition. So it's now later. Everybody's a little bit older. He has his bookstore now. And they're at war. Mm-hmm. Which they don't really overtly tell you. You just have to notice the things in the background. Like they're building the sandbags over the, the uh, statue in the square. Yeah, and then Joshua's reading the signs that say no Jews or dogs allowed, and he's like, why not? And this is when we first start to see Guido making kind of jokes. He's making it humorous, so it's not scary. Right. He's like, uh, no, they're just not having them there today. You want to do that for our shop? What, what don't you like? And he's like, spiders. He's like, okay, we'll make a sign. No spiders allowed. No spiders or Visigoths. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling good about the Visigoths today. I don't want them in my town, yeah. in my store. He's like, "Don't worry, Joshua. We invite everybody. You don't worry." So when they're in the store, these men come to take Guido to see the prefect, and Joshua's like, "But he already saw him yesterday." So Guido leaves, and we're left alone with Joshua in the store. And then um, Dora's mom shows up, Grandma. She's like, "Hey." How'd you like to meet your grandma? He's like, I never met my grandma. She's like, here's this note. Give it to your mom. It's from grandma. But grandma will come by and see you tomorrow for your birthday. Give you a present. Give you a present. And he's like, you forgot your change, grandma. Ooh! He figured it out. He's a smart little boy. He's adorable. So at the home of this lovely family, the little boy hides because he doesn't want to take a bath. We all know what that means. I knew immediately what it was going to happen. I'm like, ah, ah. See, this is the part where you're just starting to feel anxious about the movie. You're like, oh, God, it's coming. When he hid yep. in the, the box, mm-hmm. I was like, that's not the first time that's going to happen. Not the last time. Not the last time. Not the first nor the last time. Right. And Spe- I was just like, yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. Specifically with them talking about a bath. Yeah. We all know what happens. 
Unless you didn't pay attention in your history class. And if you didn't, what is wrong with you? For serious. Immediately get on iTunes, you. Watch a history class. Learn a thing. Or two. Or six. The next day, we see Grandma and Dora. Grandma's come to visit. They go into the house. The house is trashed. Guido and Joshua are not there. Or uncle. Or the uncle, right? The uncle lives there, too. They're gone. We don't even see them get taken. We see it from the point of view of of Dora being like, and now they're gone. And she's like, bitch, no, they didn't. Track them down. Mm -hmm. We see on the the truck, Joshua and Guido and, you know, a truck full of people. Uncle is there. Which, was that the same little girl from the beginning? Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, they use a lot of recur. See, that's the thing where I mentioned it's like you see a lot of recurring characters in the background, but it's like you don't kind of notice when you stop seeing them. There's no like grand exit for a lot of characters. No, it's just like they're gone now. Yeah, because it's like life. Yeah, when I saw the kitten again, that was like heartbreaking. Yeah, she had the little kitten, and then we see it again. <laughs> yeah. It's Joshua's birthday, so Guido's like, hey, this is all a big part of your birthday surprise. We're going someplace. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's what he tells them. So they get loaded onto a train, of course. Look, we're going to get on a train, and there's so many people we have to stand. There are no seats. It's going to be so much fun, little Joshua. So much fun just for your birthday. Just for you. Yep. I booked the ticket so last minute. Mom was so mad at me. Yeah. Dora shows up to the train station, says to the SS, you've made a mistake. You've taken my husband and son. And he says, it's not a mistake. And Dora's like, well, I want to get on the train too. And the SS guy is like, no, you should really leave. And she's like, no, I'm getting on the train. Yeah. He's like, fine. Get on it. I wonder if this actually happened. I could see it happening. I literally thought she was going to be the one to die. I had hope, guys. The movie gives you hope. I mean, not a lot of it, but a but little. But some of it. A little bit. A little to cling on to. Yep. So they arrive at the camp, and of course the men and women are separated. Uh, he tells his son it's a game. This is like the main thrust of the rest of the plot. That It's all a game. It's all a game. And you have to get points by hiding and being good and not asking for extra food, not complaining, not missing your mom. Not these, crying. These will get you points. And when you get a thousand points, you get a tank. A real tank. Not a toy tank. A, a real, real tank. tank. And the kid is like, yes, I will win this game. <laughs> it will be the best. Mm-hmm. Like no one ever was. Yeah. So don't be sad. Being sad loses points. So Guido starts his um manual labor. He's carrying anvils. Anvils. Probably get melted down for metal to make things. Yeah, that's what they did. Because anvils weren't really, like, useful anymore. So they melted it down to make tanks and uh, other artillery things. He The way he explains everything to Joshua, like, when he comes back, everybody's all tired and beaten down and just, like, totally worn out from their 24 hours of labor, mm-hmm. pretty much. He's like, I've just been playing hopscotch all day. I tripped. Oh, I lost a couple points, but oh my goodness, I am having so much fun. Yeah. When we see the women, Dora learns that they take the the old and the children to the gas chambers. They don't work. Yeah. And this woman tells her, as we know, that when they gather up the children to gas them, they say, you're going to go take a shower. 
So she's like, don't ever go to anywhere where they say take a shower. Run. So then we see Joshua has run away to go see his father. And he said, they told me to take a shower and I ran away. I don't want to. I don't want to take a shower. And he does his little foot stamp. And Guido's like, go take a shower. You're dirty. And I'm like, no. Don't take a shower. No shower. (laughs) No. He's like, fine. Hide till I'm done. So he does. But the uncle, the uncle's getting the shower. Yeah. And the little girl with the kitten. And the little girl with the kitten. The lady, the SS lady trips mm-hmm. and uncle helps her, helps her up and asks if she's all right. Bitch just stares at him. Glares like, I know what's really happening to you. You don't talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. The women have to sort through the clothes and that's where, that's how they find out who dies. Yep. Isn't this a great romantic comedy? Nope. See, I told you it took a hard turn. Hard, hard left. Yep. Guido finds an unaccompanied intercom, so he makes an announcement to his lovely wife, Dora. Buongiorno, principessa. We're having so much fun. We're going to win the games. Even Joshua's here. I hide in the wheelbarrow and nobody sees me. I'm the best. I'm almost at a thousand points. We got to run. The angry guys are ye- that yell are after us. Mm-hmm. Where? Over there. Let's go. I thought that was a really nice way of letting her know yep. that Joshua was safe. Yeah. Because that's, I can guarantee that that's whose clothes she was digging through looking for. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's like, not only did Guido have the responsibility to keep his son out of the loop, he did all these several things to let his wife know that they were still okay. And yeah. to keep her optimistic, too. Yeah. Because if she gave up... She would have been done for as well. Yeah. You just can't give up. They're just a family of stubborn people. So the men get uh, medically examined and the doctor is there. So this is when Guido is like, oh God, I know somebody. I know somebody on the other side. This is our chance. We can get out. Yeah. He comes back to the bunks and Joshua's like, this old guy says that they are going to burn us all in the ovens and make buttons and soap out of us. Guido, like, laughs it all off. He's like, I can't believe you believe that. You fell for that. You're going to lose so many points if you keep up believing people who tell you those things. They're just trying to trick you. The things we do to manipulate our children to be happy. Yeah. He's like, well, why don't you go play with the other kids? And he's like, the other kids are all gone. There's no more kids. And he's like, no, they're just hiding really well. (laughs) Here, I'll show you. Because these German officers have come to visit... And they have kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the doctor has made um, Guido a waiter at this event that they're having with the German officers. So he gets Joshua to see that there are other kids and then where they're hiding for their hide and seek. So Joshua has these hiding places now. Yeah. But at this time, the SS woman catches... The nanny. Yeah. She catches Guido talking to the kid. And Guido's like, okay... Now it's the silent game. Don't say a word. You will lose everything. So many points. If you talk for the rest of the night. Because they all speak German and they speak Italian. You have to pretend that you don't understand a word that he, that she's saying. Mm-hmm. Be very, very quiet. So Joshua gets taken to the fancy dinner. And as you said, at least he gets to eat now. Yeah. I bring the hope, okay? Mm-hmm. The doctor wants to talk to Guido in secret. And at the same time, Joshua 
gets hit, handed some food and he says, Grazie. And then this other waiter's like, hmm. So he goes to get the, the nanny. So um, Guido pretends to teach. He's taught all the children to say grazie. So it's Guido's fault. It's not that that kid is Italian. It's just that this Italian Jewish guy is just disobeying the rules and teaching all the German children to say grazie. Yep. Smart. Guido's very smart. We talked about this. The doctor talks to Guido in the riddles. But mm-hmm. he just wants the riddle answer. He's not there to help him. So Guido has lost his hope in that. You see it. You don't see it in dialogue. You just see it on his face. Yeah. It was a very well done scene. Very, very disheartening. Yeah. Especially when you get the like explanation of the w- riddle from the director later on. And it's just like, dude, that is not okay. Yeah. So Guido finds the uh, phonograph record player and he sees that it has the opera that the he and dora went to all mm-hmm. those years ago and he plays it on the phonograph and he sticks it out the window so that the whole camp can hear it including dora yep and then he's walking back to the bunks that night in the fog holding sleeping joshua and out of the fog he sees this huge pile of dead bodies this is this is the low point <laughs> Super low point. This is the, okay, we're really not getting out of here point of the movie. Yeah. He's lost a lot of his hope. Yeah. But he's still talking to Joshua. He's just like, keep your dreams. Keep your sweet dreams. Keep your dreams. Like, he is emotionally having, like, this turmoil within him, but he can't let his son see that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, he's not sure if, he himself can get out of it or if Dora can get out of it. His only hope is to get Joshua out of it at yeah. this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's going to cry again. <laughs> so then the war is over. There's like rioting on the camp because the SS people, the Nazis, are starting to clean up their trail, kill off people, ship them out, kill them off. Yeah, this is when the most of the... uh I'm not going to say, I guess, not the most, but a lot of the executions happened Mm -hmm. within the the camps was when the SS was trying to kill all of the witnesses so that there was not going to be anybody left to um, tell their story. Mm -hmm. And obviously that that didn't go the way that they had intended. And eventually a lot of the SS officers killed themselves so they didn't have to go up against the war tribunals. But um, they need to escape, like, now. That's, like, now. Number (gasps) one uno. Yeah. So um, he hides Joshua in one of the hiding places that um, the little boy was hiding in. Tells him that he has to hide there all night, that he may not, he may be really, really late, and not to come out until everyone's gone. Yeah. He's like, if you're waiting for me for a very long time, keep waiting. Yeah. Until everybody is gone. Yep. Until it's quiet. He disguises himself as a woman. He takes the blanket, wraps it around him, takes Joshua's sweater, puts it over his head. Yeah. And he runs to the woman's side to find Dora. He's running all over. He can't find her. He can't find her. She. He doesn't know if she's been taken in a, in a van already. Doesn't know if she's hiding. But uh, as he's running around, he gets caught, and he gets captured, and they take him, and they shoot him. But as he's walking through the yard, 
Joshua can see through his hiding place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And so Joshua looks, at first, he looks a little scared. So his dad gives him a wink, and they wink back to one another, and then he does the parody of, like, the SS soldiers walk across the field. Yeah. To make Joshua laugh. Yeah. To make it a game. It's all a game. It's all a game. You have, like, a little bit of hope still. Yeah. Like, because he just goes around the corner, and you see in movies today, like, oh, maybe he takes his gun and something happens, or somebody else is there, or something. Yeah. But that, nope. Nope. They they shoot him. They shoot him. (sighs) So the next morning, the Nazis have all vacated the area. All the rest of the Jews in hiding come out, including Joshua. Joshua comes out of hiding. And up rolls this big tank. And Joshua's like, yes! It was all true! I did it! (laughs) And this American pops out. And he's like, hey, little boy. I'm from Texas. I'll keep you. I loved in the credits his name was like, it said something USA. It was like Aaron somebody. I remember it was Aaron. Aaron. It was a a very, very American name. Yeah. So when he's riding in the tank, he's riding away with all the people who have been freed. Freed. He sees his mom. Mama's alive. And they get to be together. And life is beautiful. Well, and then he, it's like voiceover from Joshua as an old man. And he says, I never really realized the sacrifice that my my father put forth for his family. Yep. Because it is. It's a very intense thing to go about keeping up that energy Mm -hmm. so what did you think of the movie ashley well when it like started to like turn i was just like okay i'm gonna talk about the cinematography now (laughs) it was it was a beautiful movie like it was very incredibly moving it was it had a lot of things that the movies today don't have like it, it definitely had this tragic comedic thing down pat like it wasn't I can't say that they did anything wrong because I thought it was very inc- incredibly moving and incredibly beautiful. And even just from a cinema- cinematography standpoint, they had these really amazing, beautiful shots. Even though they were showing these incredibly tragic and heart-wrenching things, it was incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I think I just really like the subtleness of it. I feel like a lot of movies today are just like in your face or explaining a lot but this one is just like a lot of stuff's happening in the background or just like stuff you that doesn't draw attention to but you see it you know well it's a lot like uh harold and maude how mm-hmm. you know that stuff isn't that like it's not hitting you over the head with it it's one of those things that like once you let it sink in and then you understand and then it it, it definitely like Puts you in your place as a human. <laughs> hmm Which I think we need. We need that. We need that sometimes. We need to be reminded that, you know, there are other places in the world out there. There are other people. There's other thought processes. And how do we prevent these certain things from happening again? So, uh, so how about we just rate this movie then, huh? Sounds good to me. What about you, Xander? Yeah, puppy. What do you rate this movie? As a romantic comedy, I'm going to give it a three and a half. <laughs> but as a like a movie for me, yeah, I give it a five. Like, oh. I really, I thought, even though it made me cry and 
it's not like it's one of those movies that I'll have to be in the right time place and situation in my life to watch again Mm -hmm. but I really appreciated what it did you know there's just there's not a lot like that there's not a lot that deals with these really heavy issues that doesn't necessarily make light of them but makes it so that anybody can understand them yeah I mean they could have shown this movie in school it's only pg-13 they did there's not a lot of yeah there's no gore I mean they showed Schindler's List in my school I couldn't make it through Schindler's List. I had to like excuse myself on one of those days because it was too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, but Schind- a- Schindler's List is more historically accurate and really yes. brings like the 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 thing home, the traumas. Yes, this this could be like I don't know. I feel like you could show it to younger kids. Well, and you could show it as a companion piece to Schindler's List. Yeah, like you could start off and show Schindler's List, and then the teacher is just like, okay, let's like. Let's, like, bring that to, like, a central point, like, just on a humanity level. Right. Instead of just, like, on a fact-based mission. Right. These people had lives, and this is what happened, and this, you know. Yeah, and people dealt with things in many different ways. Yes. I like that. I'm going to give this movie four and a half. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good one. It is. I definitely will recommend it to other people. For sure. It's it's half a rom-com. It, it, it had a lot of romance in it. I feel like the main the main thrust of this movie is love. Yes. So there. There's love is love and everyone should be allowed to love who they want to love. There's a lot of love in this movie. There's a lot of humor in this movie. So that. There's a lot of life yes. in this movie. So that uh, I feel like it, it fits in, in our little umbrella. Well, it's the it's like the crux of what. At least what I always took away from World War II, this is what we were defending. Mm-hmm. This. This whole story was what we were defending. Right there. The ability to say what you need to say to get you through a situation. Well, next week we're taking a little turn back to the traditional... The traditional route? The traditional route. I'm super excited for next week. Next week, oh my god, guys, it's our 75th episode, and it's like our little holiday special. I don't think we're going to do anything special. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Santa might show up. You never know. You never know on the Cutaways podcast. (laughs) Next week, we're watching 1998's Ever After, A Cinderella Story. I love this movie so much. I love it too, dude. I love Drew Barrymore. I owned this movie on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. What? This is one of those, guys. Yeah. So we are very happy to celebrate the holidays with you guys next week and our 75th episode, which is crazy. It's like we just started. It is. Happy holidays. (laughs) Happy holidays. That's all I can... Like, I'm so sorry. Like, that movie... It's still like it's hitting me. It's hitting me way too hard. Ashley's got the feels. I've got so many feels. Well, hey, if you want to talk to us more about our podcast, we're always up to listening to what you have to say. Hit us up on our Patreon or become a patron yourself. Yourself. Support us. You get goodies from us. Spread the love. Mm -hmm. You can recommend movies to us. Yes, we will. We will definitely take you up on those offers. Yeah, I mean, try to be romantic comedies, but you you know, if you want to make me cry, (laughs) I understand. 
That's uh, patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. Also remember the booze episode. If you have a good suggestion for the booze episode, please let right. us know. Yes, let us know. Our website is the Cutaways Podcast, and you can download episodes there and comment everything. Do your do your thing. Right. We're on Fitter. 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 <laughs> Fittergram? Yep. Ooh, I like it. That's our new thing. We're on Fittergram. <laughs> Cutaways Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yep. For those of you not in the know. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, we're there for you. Rate us. Subscribe to us. It helps us out very, very, very much. Let your friends know. We love you guys. We love you. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our slumber party today. Bye! Bye!